You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 351st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. Hi, this is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston. You guys, first rest day of the tour. I am relaxing. How are you? Oh, definitely needed the rest day after that first week. Feels like five weeks. So... So so much to get to, but uh, first, let's welcome all of our Canadian listeners uh, that are coming on the uh, podcast, hopefully for the first time. Um, I'd also, I mean, one of the things that's been on my mind, Spencer, it is rest day, but I do want to just get a, um, we had a, a, a Michael Woods fact wrong Uh-oh. on Twitter, and I just wanted to, uh, to get to it, that um, we've been saying that he has the highest VO2 max um, ever. And yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. And, and he's kind of pushed back on this several times that we've always kind of been, and we've been promoting the big lie on that. Um, mm-hmm. Greg Lamond mm-hmm. actually, uh, 92.5. Um, so apologies for getting our Michael Woods facts wrong. Um, and again, welcome to all the Canadian listeners and, uh, let's, uh, let's get into the show. All right. So with this rest day, uh, we have a lot to think about. Um, I think the most important thing that we're going to want to talk about is um, sign lady got arrested. Yeah. Um, they caught her, the fugitive mm-hmm. who caused the stage one crash. And she is now, I think, released, but was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. How many more of these uh, fans on the side of the road do you think we can incarcerate before, uh, before the public gets the, gets the message that it's not okay? Well, I, I would think that they, they should arrest the um, the UCI. Just go to Switzerland and for not creating f- safe events. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, is I would also push back. Maybe we probably shouldn't be arresting fans unless they <laughs> intentionally. Uh, cycling has enough fan trouble as it is. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe give them a sticky bottle and uh, tell them to go home. But now uh, we were all. Um, disgusted, I would say, by the crash that happened, by the injuries, by the, you know, everything yes. that marred the first stage of the tour. Yes. I don't know that um, jail time <laughs> makes <laughs> makes actual sense for that. You know, like, uh, uh, obviously, it was a pretty tragic accident, but... Um, yeah, I, it, it but was a dumb move. an APB out on the, the guy with the antler horn helmet, Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not uncalled for. That's kind of the top yeah, he, top of my list. Yeah. Um, you get him now, talking to the devil guy. <laughs> the, the devil guy is probably fine. He's probably in the clear. He doesn't tend to run that much. He hops. He's a hopper. I he's a Tim, hop- I think the devil is actually probably in cahoots with the UCI at this point. I mean, he's been around long enough. There's, there's he always, really no way he could get around. Yeah. He always knows well where to be without. He's yeah, you know, without a private jet or something. Yeah, he's 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 big UCI. He's always in the Did spot. He, yeah. Didi is certainly on the payroll, um, and but he, he there's a classic example of how to do it right. Like do something goofy, do something fun, but do it in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. What you know that that's the trouble for um, uh, our our fan from stage one. If you're just a one time getting out there, you want the grandparents to see you on TV. It's hard to make a difference in the sport if you're not going to put in the work. Uh, and you know you got to put in the miles, and you've got to go with the same shtick over and over and over and over. Dirk Hoffman Motorhomes, uh, yep. an example of Classic. a shtick that makes no sense, but by the fifth or sixth time, you love it and you need it, basically. Yeah, and if it's not there, so you're for it. you're wondering what's going on. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're worried about no. them. So, but yeah, you, you know, you just got to put in the work. It's the same as um, bike racing. You know, you can't really. You, like you don't excel early on in your career, like when you're like mm-hmm. 21, 22, 23. You usually got to put in the work until you're around late 20s, early 30s before you have any GC success. Very true. Um, 
Wait, no, that's Speaking not of, true. Uh, that's not true. Well, I mean, I mean, you can put in the work, but you don't. I mean, have Ben to Connor is twenty five, and he's having some great GC uh, success right like now. He's like a dinosaur out there. <laughs> so what's the I, what's the bigger story? AG two R winning a stage, um, and at the Tour de France, or uh, Ben Connor, Ben O'Connor, sorry, now battling for a podium in Paris. Pretty equal. Oof. I think. I don't know. I mean, going into this tour, who among us had AG2R written down as a stage win? It wasn't me. I thought that, you know what I thought? I thought they had a good team of stage winning possibilities, and I did not think Ben O'Connor was one of them. Because if you look at the rest of their team, it's like hitting the brakes every day kind of team. And they uh-huh. haven't really been showing in that at all. GVA did go in a break one time, showed off the the gold helmet one more time. But Ben O'Connor was the last on my list for them to win a stage, so I will take that. All I right. Up. I, I obviously I don't think they would have expected AGTR would have expected to have Ben O'Connor be their chance for a GC after what like two three years of uh, Bardet. <laughs> coming in yeah. as a hot G3 GC favorite and and not being a GC favorite so but you never know in cycling sometimes you crash on the second or third stage and you go from being a favorite to being out of the race and looking like a mummy right so are you guys ready for the end of the Greg Van Avermaet gold helmet era i am no, never never 5 years strong do you th- the clash with the brown do you shorts think, um, <laughs> really makes me mad do you think he gives it up I don't think I, at this point. Like you think he's going to win the Olympics? Kind of a, no, no, no. Oh, no he, crazy. He just starts showing up with a gold helmet. I mean, it's kind of his brand now, you know. Like, well, it's. I guess you 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 raise a pretty good point. So, for five years now, he's been wearing a gold helmet, right? So, I mean, that's that's twenty five. That's what fifty percent of a pro career. Like 10, 12 years, yeah. maybe. So, like, it's 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 50% of any pro career that's not Valverde's. Mm-hmm. Very true. Who's also looking pretty good. Um, <laughs> just because of Valverde. But yeah, I guess that that's kind of a, that's a good question, Spencer. And I don't know if the UCI does have a rule on who can wear a gold helmet. Like, I, I know they have the rainbow stripes, but I mean, they don't have, I mean, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they have a trademark also on gold. Um, cause it's the UCI and they own everything that we do. But anyway, I wonder if he does give it up, but yeah, th- this is a perfect mar- marketing opportunity for some company with a lot of gold on whatever, you know, in their, in their branding to come in as a secondary sponsor of AG2R and just get the helmets and then just have the name on there as well, you know, whatever the yeah. company is, but like, then they all wear them actually, obviously. or maybe you just do it as you like you sponsor the whole team. But GVA just wears the helmet. It's a I think this is where this is where Next Hash messed up. They could have just gotten GVA's gold helmet and been like, "Hey, crypto gold." That's true. Yeah, um, yeah. they would have so, crushed it. So last week we did miss. Uh, well, we talked about it and then it was released. That's why we're actually re- releasing today on a rest day any of the news that we do break. Um, we were convinced <laughs> that uh, Next Hash was a crypto scam. Checks out. Um, and now here we are. So, gentlemen, I guess the where do we take it from here? The first thing we need to talk about is the departures of the Grand Tour. Everyone leaving, mm. either through mm-hmm. unfortunate crashes. Um, I'm I'm actually really bummed that Caleb McEwen is, is now gone. I love watching him sprint. Um, Matthew Vanderpool is uh, jettisoned. Um, Cavendish Slayer Tim Melly- Merlier, I believe, is also now gone. Yeah. So um, I guess Alpecian's uh, hopes and Eddie Merckx's hopes now rest on the uh, <laughs> the shoulders of Jasper uh, Philipson. Yeah. yeah, he's been up there, but he doesn't seem to have the kick to beat Cav. So, I, so yeah, it seems does, like Cav could win some more. Does is Cav gonna break the record? That's what everyone wants to know. And will it be on a Sunday in Paris? Um, and right before he wins, who's that? Oh, it's Lachlan Morton crossing the finish line before Mark Cavendish. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait. Love it. I don't think he breaks the record, personally, I think. Really? I think he's going to... I mean, he's definitely struggling to make the time cuts. It's going to wear on him. Um, Sonny Cabrera looks too too Sagan-esque of days of old. And as the race goes on, 
I think his his power numbers will stay similar as Sagan sort of or Cavendish will start to fade. Sagan will fade too. I'm sorry, but I uh, misspoke there. I almost said Sagan <laughs> wouldn't fade. Sagan has obviously faded quite a bit recently. Yeah, um, I I have faith. I think Cav can do it. I think he's conserving. I think it looks like he's struggling to get through these stages, but I think really he's doing oh. the absolute minimum. It's brilliant no, it's if true. you think about it. He's good at He that. is getting through these stages doing the absolute minimum. Like mm-hmm. coming crossing the line within within two minutes of the time cut. Like that is that is some expertise. That is a a, a man who has been to the tour before and knows what it takes to win. Did you see who and, uh, did you see who true. finished right behind him about another minute down making the time cut? No. Oh. Who's that? Oh, you know, the former um German hill climb champion Andre Greipel who's going to stop <laughs> Eddie Merckx or is going to keep Eddie Merckx's record intact. Another savvy veteran. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, see, this theory is checking out. You guys are just proving my point. Did you see the... I, w- I was watching a lot of the... Um, was it Nick uh, uh, Delami? Delima. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 40 minutes after the time... Or 40 minutes down. It still finishes the stage. Um, yeah. This. So That's let's tough. get into one of the, the emails that I got offline. So we talked about this a little bit on the... Um, I guess we've kind of bounced this idea around a little bit, but we talked about it on the Sunday Stroll podcast, our annual podcast rewatch um, of American Flyers, the Kevin Costner classic. Lots of great flat change conversation. Everyone check it out. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite episodes drops, of the year. It drops every American July 4th. That's right. And uh, <laughs> so we got an email a little bit offline from uh, Derek Lewis and he you know, he's like, hey, great pod this week. Love the idea of the missing out on a per stage level. Wanted to call out another interesting dynamic of that idea. If a rule were in effect back when Alessandro Pataki was battling with Robbie McEwen or Cipollini and Zabel, this would have been an awesome factor. A team that brings a full sprint train to the race and loses a rider or two each lumpy stage might lose most of that sprint train. In this alternate reality, do Robbie and Zabel win more sprints as riders who can freelance in the final K versus those sprinters that need the full train to win? And do more crazy breakaways stick to the line on those days when the sprint teams can't keep their full roster past week one? Then imagine when the sprinter auto boost finishes a stage like yesterday. You get to watch a bonus sprint an hour after the leaders finishes mm-hmm. from teams hoping to lose the least amount of domestiques. It's fantastic. So this is that idea that rather than doing time cuts, you just get rid of five to 10 riders per stage or whatever the, the number is. So, right. so a flat stage, it's, maybe you, you don't cancel people. To, uh, to, well, no, no, no. I think you always do it Okay, uh, every stage. So, but just, to make this make sense to our UK listeners, it's like a promotion relegation system. If you're in the back, you're getting, you're yeah. getting dropped. Yeah. It's... Um, it's really good. I, I love this idea. So if you're the last, the, what would you, what would be the right amount for this idea to work? And then let's let's actually go through this real quick. Do you think it could be done on sprint so, stages? Because you'd be sprinting into the back of you know the pile up. So you've crash. got two. You've got yeah. you've got two hundred riders roughly starting right. Yeah. And you've got twenty one stages, so you can't cut more than ten percent every day. Um, so you're probably going to be looking at like a one percent or something of the. Of the total peloton. Yeah, so, so two to five per maybe, day. Yeah, something like that. I think that this is... Think about how much fun it would be watching some of these like classic stages like where they're going over some cobbles, northern France, and there's just that battle to not be the, the final person. Like, mm-hmm. I I love this idea. Like, it, and, the, and The tour it, needs to spice it up. You oh, know, things are too... And, there's too much formula. And the best part is that... We could find a way that like uh, retirements don't count. So if someone drops out right, because they have a broken right. collarbone, all right, well, five people crossing the finish line still aren't going to make it to the next stage. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 100%. so you can't do the fake injury. You can't do the soccer injury. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, football to the uh, European listeners. Um, so you, you really can't do that. So you'd have this great sprinting. But yesterday you could have had. Well, I mean, yesterday there was enough people with the time cuts, so it really doesn't um, 
play in there as much. But I'm just thinking with some of these other races, you could have some amazing people starting to get cut. I really do think this is a great idea. I mean, we'll have to crunch the numbers on it and see what the stages would have looked like, um, you know, over this tour or over last year's tour or something and just sort of uh, see if it would have greatly changed anything. But uh, I think that's a fun uh, thought experiment and um, definitely something the UCI UCI should get in contact with us about because we're completely willing to sell the rights to this idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, TMT. It would be. Low... Low six figures. So, Biggie, right? yeah, completely reasonable offers except Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pr- pretty good. Um, oh, I love it. I think it, I think it could also, um, you know, on a side, quick side note, it could also prevent some of those planned departures. You know, if you know you might be losing some team, ma- team members over the course of the race just by attrition, mm-hmm. um, some of the, the, um, Caleb Ewan and Matthew Vanderpool and all these folks that make Eddie Merckx cry when they leave. Um, also, Axel Merckx back in the day uh, left early. Just, just throwing that out what? there. But um, well, you always you know, disappoint um, your father, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we live we live in their shadows, no matter what. Yeah, it, Eddie Merckx or not, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're always just. Oh man, I I think it could be a lot of fun. I'd love to hear more from the listeners on this. I think uh, I just. I would watch every race at least another twenty to thirty minutes after the leader crosses the finish line to see what oh for to sure to see who oh, was yeah. going to get cut that day. So, so speaking of Eddie Merckx crying, uh, <laughs> this has been uh, no. This is the best segue to get into this is that I feel like this has been the most emotional finish line Tour de France oh. I've ever experienced, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I. Um, now I feel so jaded when I see a stoic winner that's just like, yeah, I won. Because almost yeah. every stage we have had tearjerkers, whether it's been like from Cav making a comeback, ah. but just like Matty Morick winning, Vanderpool yeah. winning. Yeah. No, I'm saying, yeah. I mean, like Alaphilippe winning, we didn't cry. Nobody cried. You're excited, maybe, but some people. But pretty much every other stage, it's been like a the, the winner's breaking down, well, the teammates are breaking down. Like everyone is. Yeah. It's it's very nice to see uh, how excited people are and how like people are letting the emotions it, out this year. Humanizing the sport. Yeah. For very, sure. For sure. Very solid point. Mark Cavendish's first win, definitely tearjerker. Lots of journalists crying. It was it was great. I was crying <laughs> as a as a bona fide journalist. Um I I actually genuinely enjoyed that. Yeah. And it was nice to see like, you know, that you know, I saw multiple people saying the maturing of of Cavendish before our eyes. Uh-huh. But then he won a second stage. And then the Cavendish of old came out in that post-race interview. <laughs> well, yeah, what are you and that made me even more emotionally charged <laughs> and more emotionally excited. That's when I really, the okay. tearjerkers came out. <laughs> like, that's when I was really crying. I was like, Cav is still, the old man still got it, right? Like he, he, does. he was just, that's what gets you. he was throwing, oh, he was throwing every team under the bus. He's like, oh. why come here with a bunch of sprinters if you're not going to work, you know, to bring people back? And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh God. Cavendish talk to me baby like this is awesome I loved every moment of that so I, I guess you're right I mean it's been a very um different for different uh, folks Tim that's what we do uh, every week on this show is what gets what gets you going about <laughs> cycling is not exactly what gets me but that's oh, the beauty just... of cycling it works for both of us uh, <laughs> yeah I, I I mean like Morick uh Dylan Toons was like you know talking about his grandpa mm-hmm. had just passed recently. yeah there's been just like a flood of emotions this year, um, and I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Bring it on. I don't know if we can really take two more weeks of this level of emotions. This feels like you're having a good cry. It's nice. It's well, you know, you but know who's after next. a while, you're 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 you just need to rehydrate. You know. You know who's next yeah. for for a stage win? There's two that come to no. mind for me. Nairo. Go, go, go. Not Nairo is looking pretty good. He's, yeah, he's been he's been working at it. He's been working at it. He's been in the so, break on multiple days. A Nairo win could definitely tearjerker, like for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Waterworks. Yeah. Hundred percent. Even even uh, uh, um, Richard Carapaz, there would be a tearjerker there because they they'd maybe cut back to. I love uh, you know the, the the constant story of Richard Carapaz. And the um, the announcers like, oh, he gets a police escort when he's training on the roads of Ecuador, and he's like a national hero when he comes through the town. I would love that. Maybe yeah. cut to a cut to a camera, 
that's in, mm-hmm. you know, the town that he's in and like the pub where the whole town is out taking the day off from work and they get to watch their, their native um, son go win tour stage. That would be great. That's a tearjerker, right? Um, they, call, they call them pubs in Ecuador, right? Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, I just want to make sure we're, 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 we're yeah, being yeah. Cultu- culturally appropriate. Yes. And then the other one would be, I mean, definitely Valverde has one more tour stage left in uh, it. He does. He does. He does not. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he has it this year. I mean, we do know he's going to keep riding. So, I mean, um, statistically speaking, if he just keeps riding, he will win one. I mean, a, a, a million Valverdes riding a million tours, eventually you're going to get a win. Yeah. You know, Valverde would be amazing with our idea of missing out. He would know exactly how to play that the whole way. All oh, the way of course. through. I mean, the, the Wiley one. The, the old Wiley one, yeah. So, Doug Register. So now you've got, uh, so Nairo's uh, sitting eight points clear of um, Michael Woods and uh, in the KOM, no no change at all in the youth competition with uh, Tajik Pogacar um, clearly in the lead. Not a over, chance in the world. Over, yeah. over, over Jonas uh, Vinegard of Team Jumbo. But in the points Who's competition, race? points yeah. competition, Cavendish at 168. And there's all this talk. Mm-hmm about that it's going to rely on Jasper Philipson to to keep Merckx's record intact when in, we all know. I'm not even... I don't really want to right. say his name because I don't want to jinx him of who is right. going to win a tour yeah. stage. Um, right. A certain Slow Ride podcast correspondent. Yes. A, a Slow Ride podcast favorite. Um, and if there's a roadmap to becoming a favorite for Julian Alaphilippe, they, he should follow this guy. Um, he's he's definitely worked his way into all of our hearts, and I'm super excited um, when he wins a tour stage. That's why I've been holding back on um, tweeting about him gonna win a stage over Cavendish. Right, yeah. because then the curse, the super rookie curse, yeah. the infamous yeah. super rookie curse, would certainly take hold, yeah. mm-hmm. and. Uh, just ruin the dream yeah. for everyone. There's a second sprinter that I'd, I'd want to mention too, but I don't want to get punched in the face by him. He's got a boxing background from what I've heard. <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. His temper's a little, a little tough um, in the hotel. Yeah. Um, so seem to be doing that well. Yeah. Well, I, okay. Nasir Buhani is actually looking pretty good. He's got a third and a second place, which is way better than mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be doing. So he's been actually looking pretty good in the sprints. Cavendish is top notch. But um, I do think that Cav has a little bit of um, trouble to get that green jersey. I think that there is um, there is a chance that maybe he doesn't make it through some of these uh, mountain stages. Do you think? What do you think is more important at the end of the day? I'm going to assume it's green jersey uh, over the Merck's record, but yeah, oh, the Merck's the Merck's record for sure. Because right now they're already like kind of laying the groundwork for the Merck's. Like every time they talk about the Merck's record, now it's like, well, you know, 13 of them were in time trials. You know, or or whatever, like you know, like they they really class, they really yeah. go micro level on on the on the okay. Merck's record. Um, you know, like oh well, some of them were lumpy stages, and you're like, all right, well, I I think Cav, if he gets it, I think that's way bigger than the green jersey. Um, yeah. Love- and yeah. assuming Cav does break this, then how many more years before Vanderpool breaks? Cavs record of mm-hmm. stage might just be a little too old. I am a little concerned like about two, that. three. <laughs> yeah, he his may be a little too old. It's crazy we're thinking of him as old, but he's coming to the tour. Uh, yeah, kind of late, especially as we have guys younger than him uh, leading the tour and riding top ten and stuff right now. So, um, Florian uh, Abrahamson hits us up. Hey, slow ride. Greetings from Nuremberg, Germany. Is Mark Cavendish the Yaramir Jager of cycling? Cheers, Florian. <laughs> Um, well, I guess this would be interesting. So what's great about Yaramir Yager, well, what Florian clearly is saying is Yaramir Yager is probably still playing professional hockey in, in Czech Republic at this point, but he was in the league for Mm -hmm. like 20 years. So I would say Yager's more of a Valverde. And the reason why is Cavendish. I know that he's, he spent a couple years, um, in the wilderness, as they would say, like at, you know, NTN dimension data or whatever garbage teams he was on before specialized bought his spot on um quick step and now he's winning rightfully so i don't think cavendish is really a yager because he's always been the main guy where yager well yager's great he wasn't always you know the main 
the main ticket, the main drawer. You know, he played with Mario Lemieux. He had, um, mm. I think, Sidney Crosby in there. So I just, yeah, a little bit different. I, I, yeah, I could see that. Um, I don't know uh, what sports person you could compare Cav to exactly because his road has been very strange. <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy for him, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm thrilled too. And as we continue on, uh, Tim's favorite talking point. Um, <laughs> this photo, and it's Can't it's wait. a friend of uh, of um, friend of the pod. Uh, you you may remember my favorite villain, Mark Cavendish. This comes to us from friend of the pod, Derek Lewis. Once again, this photo was taken two weeks after he forced a crash with Heinrich Hausler at the Tour Swiss, then stood up and ah, spit yes. on him because he thought Heinrich crashed the the replay. Proved it was Cavendish's fault. Let's also not forget two years before him pedaling past Cipollini with one leg at the Tour of California time trial. Mark beat him in the sprint the day before. Yep, he beat a 42-year-old Cipollini after having spent three (laughs) years in retirement. It was Mark's second year racing and maybe his second win as a pro. Cipollini had been on the top step 170 times at that point. I was lucky enough to tell him in person how much of a villain he was. He was a little surprised. But that's not the point of the email. The photo... From today reminded me of how personal cycling villains shall share something in common. And of course, he is talking about the $100,000 watch that Cavendish continues to wear from Richard Millay (laughs) sponsorship deal. And it's the new indicator of villain status. Who is next to get the watch? So, of course, Alaphilippe has the watch. Cavendish still has the $100,000 watch. Even more important, I couldn't be happier to see Mark with a comeback and win today. Villains change. Mark grew up. He lost his arrogance. He has said some really great things about the sport and has come around to be one of my favorite riders. I'd be the villain if I couldn't change my mind about him. Maybe Philippe can come around for you too one day, Tim. <laughs> and then I proceeded to email um, Derek Lewis back video of the the Olympic Omnium where Cavendish crashes out the entire scratch race um, <laughs> by not doing a shoulder <laughs> check. Uh, but I digress. Yeah. I, I do appreciate. Did, did you guys, sorry, I don't, I totally derail this conversation. Did you guys see the secret pro column uh, where the secret pro was trash talking Sagan for being a, a twitchy, bad rider in the, in the sprints that a wheel that you should not follow. And he is really the cause of all these crashes, hmm. even if he does not he himself crash because he's such a good bike handler, he can avoid it, even though he caused it. No. I have heard about this. Yeah. So it's it's uh it's the recent then, um Secret Pro article and then immediately after goes into how great Cavendish is, like and how great it's <laughs> to see Cavendish back. And I'm like, you the same Cavendish who c- caused a yeah. ton of crashes? Like mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I hate the Secret Pro articles. Yeah, They're so stupid. All, all you have to do is watch that whatever third stage of the tour and watch Caleb Ewan take out Sagan and and crash to right. the back of Merlier and Sagan just cool and casual crash jump up like it's no big deal. That's nuts. Every, yeah, everybody jumped on that too, being like, "Oh, see, Sagan involved in another crash. What do you know?" And then that it's it's unconscionable. It the is ar- article yeah. is bad. I don't know who who I is. The Secret Pro obviously rotates between. It's not the same person every yeah. time, but uh, whoever wrote that article, way out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> like, didn't make any sense at all. Yeah, um, Just a, yeah. clearly a jealous uh, compatriot. Well, I think it's, Sagan, a, it's. I would say at this point is almost too nice in the sprints. Like he needs to. Yeah. He needs to put somebody down because everyone's just stealing wheels from him <laughs> and taking spots, and he just looks he like he needs out to get there, the elbow like, out. Yeah. He looks like a master's. He's like, well, I got to race tomorrow, and everybody else is racing like it's over. And then, you know, yeah, I got to work and, in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just, like, I got to work in the morning. He's like, I got to do a Borad tomorrow morning. I don't want to be all cut up. I got to be in um, the shower. The, yeah. <laughs> very, <laughs> very, very good. It's a, it's a solid segue there, Spencer. And I think that uh, Derek's uh, comments is that you know villains do change. So maybe Alaphilippe comes around. Yeah. Um, the aforementioned uh, Slow Ride podcast correspondent. Um, is also clearly uh, changed as well. So we would be villains if we don't change our on our own. So um, it is uh, great to see. Well, and I, I will say, man, it is really cool to have Cavendish back. To have Cav- look at this, we are well into this podcast, and we haven't even talked really about the GC because there's really not as much excitement going on there. Where now the the story of the tour is for me going to be: Will Cav do it? 
Really? Yeah. Or is he going to do it next year? (laughs) (laughs) I just don't care about sprint stages. Like, it's a lot of wins. I mean, it's 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 an accomplishment. But at the end of the day, yeah, Merck's won different races. Other than literally, Cavs like I won the same race a million times. I don't know. It's like cool. So before we get into premlap. Um, GC gentlemen, is there anything really yeah. to say other than Pogacar, um, threw down a, uh, a shot across the bow of professional cycling for the next 15 years. And we are going to be, um, living in a Slovenian, uh, wonderland we for a while. Said, we thought Contador was going to win a hundred tours. You know, we, people thought Ulrich was going to win a million tours. Nothing set in stone. <laughs> Who are these people? And, <laughs> <laughs> Every second journalist. <laughs> I just think I, I think even this tour could go a little sideways. He his team seems pretty strong, but the way every day, if, ever since Pogacar's really been in control, has been a bunch of pretty big riders going I, up the road. There's uh, there's no other way for this. Yeah. The next two weeks. That's two weeks though, Tim. I would say if it was like three you or four days. So it's no on problem. the ASO payroll, trying to just excite me about this like <laughs> this uh-huh. tour. Like you're like, uh-huh. oh, there's still a chance. Yes. Well, we could have a Floyd Landis type attack on stage. What stage, Spencer, from the 2000? Stage 17? 17. Look how much time time O'Connor took yesterday. Yeah, and he's still two and a half minutes down on Pokacar with a time trial left. If every single day has a break that has guys like Woods and Nairo in it, that there's going to be a lot of moves that get a lot of time. And you're going to have. I, I wouldn't be surprised at the end if the top 10 is made up half of guys like Ben O'Connor, who this is not any shade against, but is not certainly was way down the list of GC possibilities when this race started. I mean, down in the 20s right. is where you have guys like who's uh, a who's Nibali in 16th and Thomas place and Fuson. Uh Oh, yeah. Nairo. Yeah. So I don't um, want Nairo to move at all. If Nairo finishes at 16th place, it'd be the greatest <laughs> well, thing ever. Um, Don't worry, yeah. Nairo won't probably move from that place, Tim. I think you're pretty secure in your 25 minutes back of Nairo. I'm just saying that the only way any teams can really approach this is sending people in breaks constantly, big breaks, and it's just going to make for it's going to make for a lot of yellow jerseys on the road situations, which is not a thing we have often. Which yes, it probably won't happen, but it will at least make it interesting the, that if something does happen if Pogachar falls down and a breaks nine minutes up the road like he just has like a little mechanical but little guy like i i appreciate your consistency yeah. to this my my challenge is that <laughs> is that there are only 11 riders within 10 minutes like how yeah. many times have you ever seen a stage winner beat even like the peloton by more than 20 minutes you know what i mean like there's at some point outside of the landis epic stage it's not like Nairo all of a sudden is going to get 26 minutes over the course of yeah. two days. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like it, and Michael Woods, 46 minutes down, love him. He's our yeah, best yeah. hope to, to do well. Um, and yeah, he, he could get in a, in a 15 minute break, you know, that, that stays away, but it's because he's 45 minutes down, you know, like mm-hmm. they're not going to let Quintana do that at, at 25 minutes down even, you know? Well, I mean, they let um, Quintana get, sit on nine minutes yesterday you know which i mean i don't know well i, I i'm not I'm saying it's going to change there's, Pogacar, but there's, it's going to change the top 10 a lot like it's the top 10 so will be pretty wacky because guys are going to be fighting for fifth but carapaz in fifth is going to have to remember and like do the math on what uh like malema is oh malema's at 36 minutes so i've got to remember you know suddenly his team will have to start pulling when when and malema gets 20 you know so there's well there's two things that we're not addressing in this conversation. One is that, you know, in the future tours, Roglic will be there. He won't have uh, the injuries, yeah, and Bernal that that he sustained this year. Um so I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Pogacar walks away with the next 10 tours of France. Um and also uh you know, we're talking about these huge breakaways chipping away at, at um, things, but there's also the, just the slow and steady wins of the race. Like maybe you lock it into the 53-11 and just grind away like Rigoberto Oran is famous for doing <laughs> and ride your way right into a second place. And, uh, you know, throw back to the Armstrong era uh, where you just sort of sit in second and hope something bad happens to the leader <laughs> because you're not going to catch That's actually him. a solid, yeah. that is actually probably a pretty solid uh, um, tactic 
is like, hey guys, we're not going for the win anymore. We're going for second place in Paris. And then oh, you're like, yeah, oh, actually, right. actually, you know what? Yeah. Third place actually be pretty good too. Like we, we may be, or no, or whoever like else comes up to be the second step of the podium. So I like Rigoberto Iran for second place, eventual um, 2021 Tour de France champion. Um, it will be uh, great to see. So yeah, fantastic. Well, third, through, third through seventh right now are, are within, you know, 40 seconds of each other. They're all around five something yeah. back. And then even the next <laughs> yeah. so this too is... far. But those guys are, and you know, they're all looking at Ben O'Connor to crack. So those guys are all fighting for a yeah. podium. And you're, you're right, Spencer. Yeah. Rigo is just going to, Rigo is going to watch moves go up the road and be like, whatever, burn yourself so out. There's five guys within 42 seconds of each other. This is start in third place. This is starting to become like a, um, a Formula One race where you're like, mm-hmm. you don't even watch the two, you know, the, um, the Max Verstappen and the, uh, Lewis Hamilton off the front. You're like, oh, I want to see if like the Honda car gets seventh place and finishes in the points. That'd be really cool because that's where they all are. But this then falls into a problem, little guy. Is it Mm -hmm. to change your thing? Is it none of those teams? That's five teams right there that are. And then one of them's Movistar. So for sure, um, if Ineos is involved, then everything is coming back. Um, The they're not going to let any breakaway go up the road because they're all like infighting for the minor placings of a top 10. So it's, it's done. Yeah, possibly. But Pogacar can only chase so much, right? I mean, I, I don't know. He, he, he can only chase uh, so much. I would, did, I, Tim, did you not I, I like watch form- the stage the other day? <laughs> like what he did? Well, he can <laughs> next level. Yes, I agree. He's looked really good, but it, as much as this feels like the third week, we are only what eight stages in. People do get tired. Even even Slovenians get tired. You are right. It is it well, is a long, yeah. a long. There's stage. a lot the, more uh, racing. I would say this is more like famous... a cross race, Tim. It's like Vanderpool's off the front, and we're like, cut the camera back to Van Torn out and Sweek, <laughs> man. Cut the camera back to Van Torn out and Sweek. I want to see that fight. Nobody watches cyclocross. Everybody's watching Formula One these days, little guy. And uh, movie star. I'm just going to put it out there is the Williams of the Peloton <laughs> right now. Um, but uh, the, all that aside. Um, well, next hash is definitely the, um, the, the Haas <laughs> rich energy racing. <laughs> with, with <laughs> certainly, certainly. Um, man, maybe movie stars, the, uh, the uh, Renault. I don't know. Anyway, um, we'll have to get some comments on that. If you got some email opinions, uh, hit us up at this low ride podcast at gmail.com with your uh, F1 collaborations. So I, let, let's, let's head into the pre-lap. I do want to check in with our um, correspondent in the midst of the green Jersey competition, Michael Matthews, see how things are going over in France. My name is Matthew Vanderpool and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the pre lap. Um, let's give a couple of big shout outs. Again, welcome to all our new listeners. Um, dozens more uh, signing up for the pod. Head over to wideanglepodium.com if you've got a moment. And you can see the family of shows, the slew of podcasts that we have that cover everything from cyclocross, mountain bike, Grodio, uh, which does gravel. And then, of course, the world famous uh, Criterium Nation. Because if you're into American cycling the way that we are and celebrate all American cyclists, out there um you definitely want to follow criterium nation with what rob <laughs> kelly's doing for the american version of bike racing uh, it's fantastic mm-hmm. so check those out once again head over to wideanglepodium.com while you're there you can click on the shop we have some limited edition episode 300 t-shirts now that we're at episode 351 you might want to get them because they're going fast um you definitely <laughs> Can we call them vintage? They're pretty close. We're about a year in. So yeah, it's almost a a vintage shirt that you're definitely going to want to jump on. Um, And then the other thing that you can do is if you do like supporting independent cycling media, because server costs do exist. And if you wanted to ever buy us a beer, because we've made you laugh, you like watching bike racing and and thinking about what we're going to say, or you find yourself talking to us through your headphones while you're walking your dog, um, head over and maybe (laughs) consider uh, becoming a contributing member of the Wide Angle Podium Network, uh, support our show and the other shows on the pod network. Yeah. Um, another thing you might be interested over at the Wide Angle Podium is the rollerderby.com platform. Uh, that is a online 
betting well, it's system? Like, like internet reputation betting, I think would be the best. Right. There's no actual money exchanged. It's free to play and, and you don't do anything with actual money, but you get uh, uh, some internet points to wager on various cycling propositions. Um, and uh, if you're if you're like us and you're confident in your opinions but not willing to put money on it, Roller Derby is so, the perfect place to go to do As that. an example, who will win stage 10 of the Tour de France? It's a nice flat stage um, going in. Right now, Mark Cavendish is 2-1 to one favorite over um, an other at 7-2. to two. But guys, Michael Matthews sitting 11-1. to one. That's a pretty ripe value that's, right there. Um, so for 50 points. That's the healthy bet. For 50 yeah. points, you can get um, 550. What is amazing is uh, Luke did let us down and does not have Nasir Buhani on here. So he represents the other um, category. So that it's things like that that you can um, check out on Roller Derby. There's so many out there. One of the big ones that I am following is Will Lachlan Morton beat the Peloton to Paris. Um, we will yep. see. How that goes, I am pretty excited on that one because I do think that um, we'll see, uh, uh, you know, Lachlan Morton crossing the finish line um, before. That is paying out at a three to two odds. So pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun to go in and explore the uh, the bets and wager some things. And if you do become a supporter of the Wide Angle Podium, uh, you do get 500 extra free points that were free in the first place to play with. So uh, a nice little bonus there for wide angle podium members, and you can uh, create a league and play strictly with your friends if you want. So, it is most certainly the internet's best fantasy cycling. So game. Spencer is sitting in 156th place. Um, little guy is uh, sitting in. Oh, I'm just going to continue to scroll here. Not not doing so good um, <laughs> there, little guy. And then uh, yeah. the super rookie. Myself actually looking pretty good in 347th place with two outstanding loads with a value of negative 273. Um, so not so good wow. for me, but you know, I really, I, I'm just going to keep betting my internet reputation on this. And I think that I'll be able to come through. So once again, head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out all about the different supporters and ways that you can become a member of the network and find a link to roller derby. And with that gentlemen, let's get back to the show. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are. We've gotten a fair amount of emails that have come through um, over the weeks. Uh, the first one that uh, um, came in was from good friend of the pod, Leo Black Label. Hey, guys, just wanted to give you... Just wanted to drop a note to say congratulations on 350 episodes. It seems like only yesterday yesterday you dropped the 100th episode, and I thought to myself, well, there's 100 hours I'll never get back. I could have learned, <laughs> I could have learned Japanese or something useful. Yeah. Anyway, I'm still listening to the show, and it keeps getting better. Really, it's a gift to the cycling community, and I look forward to hundreds more. Thanks for everything the Slow Ride does. Keep on keeping on. Well, thank you, Leo. Um, shout out to Leo. Yeah, thank you, Leo. Um, that I will be seeing him in a few weeks because, little guy, we're going to be doing a century in Minneapolis. Are you ready? A little bit. I did uh, ride my bike a little this week. I did do a mountain bike race this last week, so I'm stretching Ooh. the legs, Timmy. And uh, I also pumped up the tires, pumped up the tubulars on the road bike, I, and they do hold air, and they are still seem to be it, glued on, so I think I'm ready. I, I do appreciate you actually checking your bike a week in advance for because um, you're you're really gonna have to source some parts at the uh, at the old store well, at the <laughs> to uh, in case you need them. But I because I, I the parts trust me. I did 110 miles yesterday in the Florida heat oh, and humidity. Oh, okay. So so it it was like a a sub five hour century. So the legs yeah. are looking what good. Was, what was the elevation gain on that, Tim? That's did a you, really uh, solid question. Did you was, go up any uh, any hills? It was 710 feet of elevation Whoa. over 110 miles. So, uh, oh. yeah, you know, really crushed it. <laughs> okay. Um, I Did really you came up. on when you walked up yeah. your steps or something into your house oh, little guy. to get that I, elevation? Or? I got it. I know people don't want us to rehash all of our rides, but I will say this. I really came unglued at like mile 92 when I had a, um, an overpass to tackle. Uh, that's really where the, uh, the old uh, parachute came out. But I'm excited. Going to see. I mean, uh, 
yeah. see Leo. We're going to see Josh Bauer out on the ride. Uh, hit us up at slowridepodcast at gmail.com. Since Little Guy's on it, you know it's going to be an A-level ride. Oh, you guys know I'm going to get dropped so hard on this ride. I have not been riding as much as any of you three, for sure. Uh, I know Josh for sure, because Josh just crushed me at the mountain bike race. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, guys. Um, how to watch Eurosport or GCN Plus in the U.S.? Love the podcast. Skip Phil and Bob and NBC and get a VPN like Tunnel Bear and set it to the U.K. or Ireland so you can watch everything. You'll need to clear your history and empty your cache from time to time, but your mm-hmm. computer will work and think it's in the U.K. or Ireland. Sometimes you may even need to restart your computer. But the coverage is so good. <laughs> All the best, Marty. This is solid advice. Now, I, I know we talked yeah. about it a little bit, we do have a very easy solution here in the U.S. without the need to go to VPN, where you're actually supporting the multi-billion-dollar corporation that owns the rights to the ASO's um, tour coverage, and that is um, the Peacock. At eight bucks, mm-hmm. you get commercial-free Simon Garin's and Aunt McCross Plus. Peacock Plus. Yeah, you got to pay the. I think it's eight bucks. Yeah. Sure. Then you cancel. Something it's. Like it's. That. I mean, it's way better than one hundred and fifty dollars to. Um, a coverage that doesn't work. Like some people paid for Flow Sports and then they don't have any coverage yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's really the big problem, right? The crux of the issue is that like some races are here, some races are there, some races are this other platform. Yeah. But you know what? With the VPN, baby, they're all there. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is definitely an option for the. You don't even necessarily need to be tech savvy, but you got to be willing to jump through a couple hoops. And if you are. Uh, VPN is certainly the way to go. Um, for me, I'm probably just going to get the, the Peacock Plus and, and have it done with so I can just turn it on the Apple TV and forget about it or whatever. Now, one of the um, w- last week on the pod, I did ask a question about, um, you know, if we were going to make a team kit, like a new Slow Ride podcast kit, what kit should it be? And we talked about it on right. the uh, the Sunday stroll like we do every year that the, the Levi's Raleigh team kit is super solid. Um, mm-hmm. We did get a nice email from um, Robert Glover who said, hey, you know, as the mayor of the Pharaohs, I think a full cardboard colored kit emblazoned with Ale, Opie, Omi would be on trend. Ooh. Um, that, on that's, trend. that's a solid meme um, kit. I like it. So thanks. Yeah, Robert, I don't know about wearing it next so, year, though. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, it also in the rain, I'd be a little concerned. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, we all remember the epic uh, futon kits um, in their kind of gold, uh, beige color, Lord. and um, didn't didn't really go well. Not a good look. So maybe cardboard colors, not ideal. Um, Jacob Swartzen hits up. Thought you guys would find this information interesting if you have not already found it, and it is a link to a cycling tips article about Tom Pidcock wanting to try downhill mountain bike racing. Um, that would be awesome. Him versus Vanderpool at Fort William in 2023 or is it 2022 when all of the world championships are in Glasgow? That, that is going to be an awesome week because you could see conceivably Matthew Vanderpool winning like four world championships on the track road, mountain bike and downhill. So, yeah, it'd be great. Did you guys see that Pid Pidcock's back? So the Olympics is around the corner. Oh. Pidcock's racing his bike, riding his bike again. Yeah, quick. That's impressive. Yeah. So mountain biking at the Olympics is going to be a ton of fun to watch, as always. So pretty stoked on that. Real quick, um, I just want to inject this into the slow ride agenda for today. Um, I don't have these numbers in front of me, so I'm going to run off memory a little bit. So well, I, I can't answer any questions you it's, guys it's might never have. never let us down before, especially on yeah, my yeah, side. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why bring details why bring facts and facts to a facts-based argument? Right. Yeah, please. No, I saw uh, this morning a, a list of the current prize earnings in the Tour de France. Um, who do you guys think uh, is the number one earning team in the tour Quick right step. now as far as cash alpacin quick step is number two alpacin alpacin number one yes um now that is typically the the realm of a movie star that's their whole 
deal is they're just going to go and they don't care if they win stages or win the tour or whatever. They're going with a whole bunch of guys to finish high enough to bring in the cash and win that team prize, mm-hmm. um, which is a solid kids. strategy. Yeah. Um, they're not doing so hot this year. Um, they are way down at the bottom. I can't remember who is dead last. They're not dead last, but they are near the bottom. Um, BB hotel, really? <laughs> possibly. Are they any- um, Movie star nowhere near the team competition. Yeah. What yeah. what's going wrong? Like the the formula did not change year over year. Well but has well, has Ineos come in yeah. with a stronger movie star than movie star? Kind of, but it's I think it's just crashes. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Solaire Lopez would be up yeah. there if he hadn't crashed. Yeah, Solaire broke his arms. Valverde and, and Lopez yeah. should be I mean Lopez is like what, fortieth? I mean he's way down and he was top ten last year, so it's the crash has made things weird. There's a lot of big GC guys that are just rolling around. I mean, you guys know that Chris Froome. I mean, Chris Froome, he's won the tour multiple times, and he's he's yeah. barely in the top 160. So that would be a good roller derby um, proposition. Will Chris Froome finish the tour? Um, but, I mean, I wonder I wonder that's, if he's got, like a, a, like, a pretty significant bonus to his $5 million a year contract. Like, okay, yeah, we signed you to a $5 million, but it's incentive laden to get to that 5 million. You have to finish the tour. Yeah. Down. Yeah. I saw, um, down someone else on, on Twitter ruminating about Chris Froome saying has, and I, I haven't Googled this, so I don't know, but has anyone ever won the tour and then also finished last in the tour? Oh, Hey, that's something to go for. I mean, he's uh, he's sitting right behind Cav right now, so he's certainly in the hot seat to try to finish last. <laughs> Who, who's in last right now? Um, Roger Klug of uh, Lotto Sudal, yeah. who was in the break the other day with GVA. Yeah. Uh, pulling up the rear. Two hours, three minutes, so- and four seconds. But Froomey is uh, one hour, 47 minutes, 31 seconds. So he's he doesn't have to lose much. He can do it. So one of the things we have failed to talk about this week, um, and I would recommend a friend of the pod, um, Abby Mickey's show, is of course the mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the Giro uh, the Giro Rosa, um, yes, the women's Giro, sure. where uh, Marianne Voss uh, took the stage. I watched um, a clip of this. <laughs> She's so like the best living cyclist, Marianne Voss. Like it has to yeah. be. Mm-hmm clearly in the conversation with Eddie Merckx as just complete dominance for so long. And, uh, you know what? She's still got it. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Stoked to see. Absolutely. Um, I would hate to be the team director for the, um, Netherlands Olympic team. Like to have to make the decision on what rider representing, uh, Netherlands is going to win the gold medal for the women. Cause it's going to be one, two, three on that podium. Right? Like it, they're that strong. Definitely. It's, they, it's an embarrassment of riches. It's like an Ineos that knows what they're doing. Um, it's, it's so impressive. You got Demi Vothering, Vanderbregen, Voss, Lucinda Brand. That's just four women. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I mean, how did they even select their team? That would have been amazing. They probably would have went to arbitration. <laughs> or maybe they have a clear cut and um, uh, obvious system that everyone can agree upon, uh, so that they don't have to go to things like arbitration. But that wouldn't be the American way. I feel like you guys are hinting at something that maybe I don't totally uh, understand as a right. um, as a listener from overseas. Yeah. So apparently now, facts. I I don't have all the facts here, but <laughs> interesting. There was it again. there was some good. Um, chatter about a the women's mountain bike team from america the third spot the top two spots you know katie courtney world champion two years ago one of the best of the worlds and then um aaron huck or no sorry Haley batten Mm -hmm. is been been crushing crushing it it. podium world cup clearly deserves a chance and then you had chloe woodruff who was given the third discretionary spot because they, they worked so hard together. The U S has been crushing it so hard that they got three spots, the Olympics, which is the maximum allocation. Um, but only two auto qualified. So then it came down to, Mm -hmm. um, discretionary committee choice and the choice of Chloe Woodruff 
I don't want to say ruffled feathers, but a lot of people are questioning like if it's really going down to performance, Chloe Woldruff's performance in the back half of the, what, the last six months hasn't been as good as um, Aaron, Aaron Huck. Sorry. Yeah. That's what, yeah. So Aaron Huck has clearly been like the third best rider of late. Would that be the fair yeah. kind of way to say? I, I would say everyone expected the name to be Aaron Huck. And when it wasn't, they were like, oh. Yeah. But also like, oh, Chloe's pretty dang good. So I don't know. It's not necessarily yeah. bad, but it wasn't the expectation. And then the rumor is, because there's an Instagram post about Aaron Huck taking it to arbitration, which is her right, that, hey, we need to yep. like investigate this because I've been working really hard. Chloe clearly has been yep. working very hard. I think my results are better that I should be getting the spot. Olympics, it's a lifelong goal and dream for a very elite right. few. I understand why both riders want to go to the Olympics. Like it is, it's kind of one of these situations where no one wins. Yeah. Right. Literally. Yeah. Cause the, the, cause it's discretionary play. choice. Well, it's on the, yeah. the mountain bike side. Like it's oh, not oh, I see what like, like we're going down well, to like a, a point they get to go. So then Chloe Woodruff then stepped back from her allotment. And now there's like this weird gray area of like USA Cycling saying like, oh, it didn't go to arbitration and weird commentary going on. But congratulations to Aaron Huck. And, um, right. you know, Chloe Woodruff is, is one of it, the best mountain bikers we've ever the, had. So it's at the end of the day, it looks like uh, USA Cycling was challenged on their decision, was certainly going to lose uh, that arbitration and Chloe Rudiff came out and saved them some face by backing out of the spot before they had to be embarrassed, which is like kudos to her. She's um, also gone to the Olympics. And, That's also like, I think, a, you know, it's not like, sure. Like, which is also, you know, Haley Batten has not gone to the Olympics. So maybe it's a way to, you know, she'd earned her spot four years ago and she almost earned her spot. This I don't year, know, right? but USA Cycling, uh, it's all very murky, the way everything kind of happened, and it's hard to hard for them to explain their choices. And and we've seen it before on smaller scale with with nationals and cycle cross worlds, mm-hmm. you know, selections and all this stuff. It's it's pretty par for the course for them, and uh, certainly something that needs to be addressed and fixed and clarified, um, so that they they don't continue to be embarrassed yeah. uh, on the on the worldwide stage like this it just, it just seems weird how you got that one wrong but yeah. anyway so gentlemen with that i think it's uh time to uh wrap up the pod it has been fun as always on our 351 episode um major shout out to all of the new listeners from canada and overseas um we'd also like to thank all of the subscribing members and supporters of the wide angle podium network Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out how you can become a supporter and keep independent cycling media on the air. And this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is the sound of Matt in Minneapolis. And this has been Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Check out Sunday Stroll. Wait, little guy, how's it go again? Enough of this Sunday Stroll. Let's hurt a little. You gotta say it more like, enough of this Sunday stroll, let's hurt a little. (laughs) There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. 
Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds. But we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. <laughs> 